Conservative. Constitutional. It's the Andrew Cooper Writer Show, keeping you informed on what's going on right here in Kentucky. And welcome, everybody, to the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. You know, before I was a radio show host, before I was a podcaster, as many of you were aware, I ran for office. My first time running for office, I ran for the state Senate, the 22nd district. And when I was running for office or, or going into politics, my first four-way into running for office, you know, you, you get ideas. You know how it's going to be, right? You know you're going to be asked these hard questions you're going to have to answer. You know you're going to have to, you know, be careful uh, about what you handle. You're expecting people to come at you with hard-hitting questions they want you to know about. You need to be well-informed on all the issues. And so I was very excited slash apprehensive when I received, after I declared I was running my first ever question as a candidate, I was, I was very excited. And that first question simply read, how do you feel about property rights, specifically animal rights? I'm the president of the local game breeders of Kentucky game breeders association. And was curious what your thoughts were. And immediately I was slightly confused, call me naive or what have you. Um, you know, while my family's from the hills, from the Appalachians, I uh, didn't myself grow up necessarily there, graduate high school out of Lexington. So I was a little bit apprehensive about answering this. So I go on to Google. I'm like, Game Breeders Association, what is this? Well, it turns out it's chicken fighting, it's cockfighting. And uh, he was asking me if I support or don't support cockfighting. And quite frankly, I was, um, you know, it, it, it just struck me. The very first ever political crime, new starry-eyed candidate, excited for the real hard issues, ready for somebody to ask me about, you know, abortion or gun rights or about spending policy, you know, those types of things. And my first question was, Andrew Cooper Edder, how do you feel about cockfights? And I bring that up because, well, and, and I'm not the only one, you know, famously, I think uh, you may remember Bevan was caught during running for office, uh, you know, attending and going to a cockfight on accident. And I bring that up because, well, uh, they have done it, uh, supposedly, the, uh, the, the KSP and others have finally uh, broken down what was at at least one point the largest cockfighting venue in eastern Kentucky. A Robert Dwayne Baker pleaded guilty Tuesday in federal court in Pikeville. Now, at one point, this was known as the largest. Apparently, this is a arena-type barn situation. Let me describe this to you, okay? This, this apparently is operated for years and years and years. Uh, according to things that police got access to, including a schedule, for the cockfights that indicates there was 38 fight dates between November 6th, 2021 and July 30th, 2022. An undercover officer didn't go to a fight according to this until February 5th, 2022. And it cost $25 again. And there was 400 people at the venue. Apparently the venue had space to handle at least 500 people. They have a concession stand there a main fighting pit, a station to weigh roosters, and an area to sharpen the metal gaffs attached to their legs during fights 
used to slash opponents. This is from the Herald Leader. Now, I'll tell you this much. I'm, I'm a little suspicious now. You say, how did this venue get so big? How does these happen? Well, quite clearly, somebody before was paying people off to not say anything. And that all changed because it's funny that the, if you remember here, I'm saying quite clearly, I am speculating. I am speculating that this very large venue, I mean, how do you secretly hold illegal fights where over 500 people can attend? You know, that doesn't happen unless the local authorities are well aware and in on it. And I think there was some falling out there, some issues there. Some people didn't get paid. They were supposed to get paid. That is my belief. Because remember, right? Um, they were hit in February of 2022 when the search came, when they shut them down, seized $15,395 there while they were there. Apparently big money too. For those of you unaware of cockfights, um, there was 70 individuals who had roosters to fight on February 5th, 2022. Each had to pay an entry of $600 for six roosters and competed for a pot of $45,600 while spectators gambled on the fights. So the undercover officer went in on February 5th, 2022. It gets shut down on February 2022. But remember what I say. I said, Baker, the main guy here, Robert Dwayne Baker, who pled guilty, the owner of it, right? He didn't inherit it till February 2022. So I think old Baker here, okay, <laughs> he inherited the pit. I think personally, he then refused to pay his dues, pay off the local authorities to stay quiet about it so they continue hosting over 500 people betting on. I mean, you're talking Eastern Kentucky. They're fighting over pots of $45,000. And what's hilarious is this article in the Herald Leader. It has a picture of two. Uh, guys throwing down some some roosters, throwing down some cocks to fight each other, and um, it's it's quite funny because so they're both you know hefty guys. I'm a hefty guy, okay, so I can say this. They're holding their roosters out so they can fight, and one of them's wearing Crocs. It's just you know they're fighting over a pot of forty five thousand dollars wearing Crocs. They just it's just your typical look when you expect cock fighting, and. So this is big money. A lot of people. You mean to tell me local authorities weren't aware of it? Of course they were. They were in on the take. He inherits it, you know, early 2022, February. He doesn't pay off the right people. Lo and behold, he gets raided within a month of him inheriting the pit. He gets raided, shut down. I think the issue here was that Baker wasn't paying off the authorities. Just my humble opinion. Not really political at all. You know, we say the Andrew Cooper show here is your source for Kentucky politics and news from a constitutional and conservative perspective. Of course it is, but I still think it's worth bringing this up. This story came to the top of mind because I was remembering how I ran for office at that time. And I was just so excited. And then to be my first question be about cockfights. Uh, just really, it just, it just reminded me of how disappointed I was that that was my first ever question. So obviously you're listening to the Andrew Kubrater show your source for Kentucky political news and commentary. Look, if you're looking for those national headlines, right? You're looking for somebody to give you that political news that you can get anywhere else. You can listen to all the many, many national shows and hear five times till Sunday about how Biden's latest gaffe somehow is going to be the one that finally does him in or. You can listen to the Andrew Cooper Writer Show Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. on WZXI. 
And then you can also catch it at 1 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, Rumble, YouTube, as well as available on all major podcasting platforms. You can listen to this and hear about the things going on in your own backyard. Be the most interesting person around the water cooler. Today, we've got some interesting topics to cover. Coming up on a break here, but after the break, we're going to be talking about certificate of need con laws. Uh, hearing on that, some conversation happened, and and a particular Democrat House member just embarrasses herself, clearly not understanding the basic of economics. So we'll be going over that after the break. But I want to remind you, if you want to reach out to the show, you want to give us tens, hips, tricks, you, you, you want us to talk about something, you got feelings about the show, you want me to read out on the air, you got a question, you want me to answer, you can email info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com. As always, you can also visit theandrewshow.com to go ahead and check out, you know, whether it's uh, the website there, you can see all the different places you can listen to the show so you can stay up to date on just exactly what's going on. You know, many people have been asking me, Andrew, what do you want for Christmas? What are you expecting this year? What do you, what do you want? Well, I tell you what, first thing I want is a free country, but in lieu of that, because that's going to be hard to get back, we're going to have to work hard for that. In lieu of that, what I want you all to do is go out there and make sure you're telling others about the show. Telling others, hey, check out the Andrew Cooper Show. We're seeing massive growth, huge viewership, thousands of people listening to every episode. And we love for your friends and family to join in because that right there, staying informed, staying on top of the issues, that's how we make a difference here in Kentucky. Remember, December 15th, 10 a.m., Friday, Judiciary Committee hearing. We're going to be taking a stand against that red flag gun law. Well, more after this short break, you're listening to the Andrew Cooperwriter Show, your source for Kentucky politics. We'll see you here in just a few short minutes. And you are back with the Andrew Cooperwriter Show, your source for Kentucky political news and commentary. Before the break, I'd mentioned we'd be talking about the Certificate of Need Task Force, this uh, interim joint committee looking at con laws, Certificate of Need laws. Now, for those of you who are unaware what con laws are, certificate of need laws are, is any single medical provider here in Kentucky, if you want to add beds, um, build a new location, buy major pieces of equipment, add services, you have to ask for permission from the government to do so. That's right. If your local healthcare provider wants to go ahead and add MRIs as a service, or you want more ambulances in your area, well, they have to ask permission from the state government to say, can we do this? And then the state government will turn around and ask those providers that are currently in the area, hey, is there a quote unquote need for this? Is there a need for this healthcare coverage? And if the current providers in the area say, no, 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 there's no need for it, then they don't allow these new providers to open and operate. Clearly, it's anti capitalists. Clearly, it, it's anti-competition in the marketplace. Clearly, this is something that should definitely be addressed. You'd expect it to be an easy thing to get done by a bunch of conservatives, but hasn't been perhaps the case. Now, there has been a certificate of need task force formed to look at this issue to see how it can be addressed, something they're kind of forced into doing in a way, uh, because quite frankly, during COVID, it became very clear that Kentucky's healthcare facilities and coverages were woefully underprepared. And this whole con committee, 
uh, not the legislature, but the people in charge of approving con and certificate of need requests uh, it had been had been messing it up. They were not prepared for what was going on. They didn't have the services needed. And now we have a lot of trouble. So this task force is looking at it. Now, proponents of this state the things I just stated. Look, it is it's not right that, you know, if you are a, a patient in northern Kentucky right now, for an example, you have one hospital system to choose from. Literally, you've got hundreds of thousands of people in Northern Kentucky. They have one hospital system, St. East. That's the only hospital system in the area. They literally couldn't go get healthcare from another person unless they drove for hours on end. They're stuck in that system. And other areas experience the same thing. And this lack of competition, of course, not only does it limit choices, but it also causes an increased expense of healthcare for those in Kentucky. So you have less coverage and also more expensive healthcare. Now proponents of con laws, because I want to present both sides before I play for you this back and forth testimony that is kind of hilarious. Um, you know, the, the proponents of it say, look, okay, we have to have certificate of need because we have to enforce. They do not deny that they are providing government protected monopolies when it comes to healthcare. Those in Kentucky, those legislators that are for this, those so-called Republicans that support con laws are not denying the fact it creates a healthcare monopoly. They're saying that healthcare monopoly is necessary. And the reason why, their number one reason why it's necessary, and they point to mainly rural areas of Kentucky, they say, look, in these rural areas, there's high amounts of Medicare, Medicaid coverage. And the federal government does not pay out enough and Medicare and Medicaid for hospitals to be able to, quote unquote, make a profit. They pay 20 to 30% less than they should. So in order for these healthcare areas to make a profit, they have to get private insured self-pay patients that also have to go there. So basically what they're saying is, is these people are saying, these hospitals are saying, look, you give us a monopoly in this rural area, we'll come out here and serve these patients at what is for us a cost or maybe even a little bit of a loss. And then in turn, though, you grant us monopoly. So anybody who's got private health insurance or self-pays, well, they now have to pay more for the same services, causing, of course, more expensive health care for those of us not using government assistance for health care. So really, this government health care system we currently have gets you coming and going. They seize your tax dollars from you by force, and then they use that to fund these uh, welfare healthcare systems, uh, uh, of course. And then from there, they, they then don't pay enough though for the services. So when you go to the doctor, when you're paying your health insurance bill, you now have to pay more to make up for their underpayment. So they get you on the tax dollars and then they also get you when you have to pay more. And of course this monopoly is enforced by our state government. And so those who are proponents of con laws say, well, if you break these monopolies, entities will come in that only offer private pay services, deny servicing the Medicare, Medicaid people. And therefore now the business, the, the hospitals that are servicing the Medicare, Medicaid people, they will go out of business because the people who are only doing self-pay or, or private insurance will not be offering, they can choose not to offer services to Medicare, Medicaid, choose not to take those insurances. And so therefore now they can go ahead and lower their price point on those who are self-paying in private health insurance because they're not trying to offset the loss they're making 
the loss they get through this Medicare Medicaid. And so now you'd have a hospital offering cheaper services to self-pay and private insurance. Everybody would go there. And then the people offering only Medicare Medicaid services, well, they would end up having to shut down because they no longer can make a profit. And therefore, now these poor people won't have a hospital to go to. Now, that is the prescribed problem, but a question they never ask themselves. And, and something that I think Khan really enforces here, something that certificate of need really pushes in here, is why is it that healthcare costs so much? Why is it that healthcare costs so much? I'm going to talk about that after we go through this here testimony. I'm going to play for you here this testimony. So this is a, a representative Burke Democrat, Lindsey Burke, uh, completely uh, just doesn't understand basic economics. Talking to this guy who was talking to the committee, he's a he's he's more of an economist talking about how central planning and healthcare fails, talking about why you should be getting rid of con laws. And she's going to challenge him on this, uh, on a few things. We're going to play this video and then we'll probably have to hit a break and then we'll come back and kind of break this down as well as with some other points here. But here you go. Representative Burke. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And thank you, sir, for your testimony. Uh, it sounds to me in your recent answers like the certificate of need repeal in Arizona has not yielded a, a solution to some of the problems that are facing Kentucky, like the greater number of people retiring from the profession of medicine. So knowing that it can't solve that problem, knowing that it still leaves um, deserts of healthcare. With this transition you propose from what you call central planning to market-driven healthcare allocation, who bears the cost of market failures, like growing healthcare deserts in non-financially attractive places like rural Kentucky? Someone ought to be liable, it seems to me. So do you support patients' families being able to sue healthcare providers when market failures fail their loved ones? So let me uh, phrase in what she just kind of said there. So one, so he's advocating for taking down con laws. And she's saying, well, your solution taking down con laws doesn't solve this problem. Now, keep in mind, this problem she's talking about exists under the current system as well. So she's basically saying, well, if your solution can't solve this problem for us, then we don't want your solution, even though our current solution and system doesn't solve this problem either. And it's because she just hates the idea of taking away con laws because she agrees with government control. I mean, she says so-called central planning. No, it is central planning. You have to go to a central committee for the entire state in order to get permission to operate as healthcare. And then she follows up by saying, shouldn't somebody be liable for getting healthcare to these people? Now, he's going to respond to this ridiculous question exactly how you should, but let me explain to you why this is ridiculous. And let me explain to you why she said that. You see, this is the entire problem with the Democrat thought process that healthcare is a human right. You see, healthcare isn't a human right. Now, some of you listening to this might be like, whoa, Andrew, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I hear you. You feel uncomfortable stating that, but let's just follow the facts here, okay? And she's drawing this point out. You have to get healthcare from somebody, from a physical person, a doctor, a nurse. Somebody has to provide you those services. You have no right to somebody else's labor. We outlawed slavery in this country a long, a long time ago. 
And to say that you have a demand, you have a right to someone else's labor is to say you have a right to enslave them to deliver services to you. They have to deliver it to you no matter what. So what she's kind of saying here is that if you live somewhere that doesn't have good health care coverage, somebody should be liable for making sure they provide you those health care coverage. It, one, it robs any kind of personal responsibility. And I, I know it's not easy to move around. I'm not going to pretend like it is, right? But there's pros and cons that comes with living in a rural area. Con, you may have to drive kind of far for your health care coverage. Con, that's a problem to you. Con, you may not have as many government services out there. Con, you may not have as many stores. Pro, really cheap cost of living, cheap land. I mean, you can own 100 acres out in rural Kentucky an hour away, an hour and a half away from Lexington and pay 150K. You can't even buy a quarter acre lot in some parts of Lexington for 150K. And yet you can buy over a hundred acres an hour away. Yeah, sure. You may have to drive an hour for really good specialized healthcare, but those are your trade-offs. That's a decision you're making. But see, it's her belief that, well, we can't acknowledge that people are making trade-offs. There's a reason why it's cheaper to live in these areas. And there's a reason why it's more expensive here. And there's trade-offs with that. That's not acceptable proposition to her. Government has to be everywhere all the time providing everything or somebody has to be. Healthcare is a human right in her mind, so somebody should be liable if it's not being provided. So we're going to go over what his response was to this after this short break. You're listening to The Andrew Kubrater Show, your source for Kentucky politics. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. As always, you want to reach out to the show, you want to leave a comment concern, just email info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com. We'll see you here in just a few, few short minutes. You're back with The Andrew Kubrater Show. I know. It's been several minutes since you've heard me speak. You're waiting with bated breath. You're excited to hear the conclusion of this. It's okay. I'm here. I'm with you. Let's break it down. So before the break, we were talking about Lindsey Burke, uh, state house rep Democrat, had asked a dumb question saying, shouldn't somebody be liable for not providing health care coverage in these rural areas? Because we're talking about removing certificate of need. And she can't handle that idea. She can't handle that. She says government's got to have central planning. And so therefore, she believes healthcare is a human right. We went over why it isn't. You can't have a right to someone else's labor. And so she wants to know, shouldn't somebody be liable for that? Let's hear how this um, uh, guy testifying, let's hear how he responds. Uh, I'm, Representative, I'm not sure I understand the question. Are you saying that they should sue healthcare providers for choosing not to practice in a certain area? Or well, if you're talking about suing for malpractice, absolutely, by all means. But if you, if, for example, if a healthcare practitioner chooses not to practice in a, in a rural part of the state, are you saying sue that healthcare practitioner to do so? Well, yes, and I, I mean that in somewhat of a preposterous fashion, sir, uh, because someone needs to be responsible for, people in Kentucky being able to get health care. And if we depend on the market, you've already admitted, that means there will be no new hospitals, no new health care in Eastern Kentucky or rural areas of the state. And in fact, we might lose what we have. So who so is explain, going to be responsible then? Well, the I, well I don't understand how, how, I don't understand how granting monopoly status to the existing scarce number of health care facilities somehow increases the opportunity that people where there are no healthcare facilities will get them. 
this is a very good point he's making. So, so she's basically saying, so he goes, so you're saying you want to sue hospitals to make them come into an area. And she's saying, sure. I mean, somebody's got to be liable right now under this current system. The government uses con laws and stuff to kind of force healthcare providers into an area. If you're saying just allow healthcare to be offered on a free market willy nilly, well, somebody's got to be accountable for getting healthcare to them. Well, first off, that's not a free market. She doesn't understand what the concept of a free market is. That her very idea is completely against it. But at least she admits, yeah, it's high, it's it's preposterous. But if you're saying we won't gain healthcare in this area with this market solution, well, then what are you proposing? It's like Burke. This is already an issue. If there's already places not, you're not even talking about suing healthcare providers now. You're unable to solve that. You're not even, you don't even have a solution to the problem with government control. But some reason you're attacking this guy, this idea for saying, well, this won't provide healthcare providers in this area. Well, neither are you. You can't bring up a negative of your own plan and say, well, this new plan doesn't solve this one specific issue, these plans both have this same negative as a reason to not do the new plan. You have to point out how it would be worse than our current situation. You're not even able to do that. You're like, well, it doesn't make our current situation better in this one instance. It, sure, it may make things cheaper or everything else. Now, she tries to claim that this system would also cause us to lose healthcare providers. And this is a thing they kind of made throughout this testimony, claiming that uh, allowing the market to decide would cause you to lose healthcare providers. And I don't quite understand exactly their circular logic here, right? So you have a monopoly. So if you take away the monopoly, new providers would come in, but then somehow that would by opening up and allowing new providers overall to come into an area, somehow then that removes people from that area. I guess what they're saying is, is they think, as I said at the top, that if you allow new people into the area, they only take the private pay, self-pay. So then that leaves only the losses for somebody else to deal with and they can't deal with it. So they shut down. That's gotta be what they're saying here. That's gotta be the claim here, right? So she's somehow saying that um, um, this will make it worse for this one issue. It, it's preposterous. It's, it, it literally doesn't understand. It, it doesn't make sense. What point is she actually trying to make? Let's, uh, let's continue on in this back and forth. Maybe you could explain that to me. Well, I think you've heard from Senator Meredith how having this program protects the existing entities. And at least we can provide services through the hospitals we already have. But we risk losing that health care for the, the most vulnerable Kentuckians if we make this shift as uh, just a broad spe uh, sweeping repeal. So. To me, it seems that something more tailored rather than uh, a, just a drastic repeal as Arizona has done um, would make sense. So it seems to me that you don't think anyone should be liable if Kentucky hospitals close and rural Kentuckians don't have an avenue for health care. Is that right? Well, first of all, among the reasons we have a shortage of health care is because our system needs major reform and certificate of need laws are just one small part of what needs to be, to be part of the reform process. But I, I don't understand how you could sue someone for not doing something. I don't think that would that makes any sense uh, legally. 
but in addition to that um what, what what Kentucky is doing is you know what what the Soviet Union did what they do in Cuba what they do in most uh socialist centrally planned economies which is they think a committee knows best what the market needs but the market always moves goods and services in the most efficient way to the places where they're needed and I don't see how grant now I, I would grant you that granting monopoly status to the incumbents helps their bottom line and like I mentioned earlier you could use that same reasoning to grant monopoly status to all the existing healthcare practitioners in Kentucky and that way it, because Medicare and Medicaid reimbursements continue to go down and that's one of the reasons why we're seeing doctors retire early and another reason why we're not seeing as many go in because it's not remunerative as, as remunerative remunerative as it had been so maybe we should just put a freeze on all the number of healthcare practitioners in Kentucky and not allow any new person to come into practice unless it's okay with the existing healthcare practitioners maybe is that the is that the way you would answer the problem I think that's an interesting proposal you've made there, sir. Thank you. Well, that's certificate of need. So what he's saying there is that he's he's phrasing this up a different way. He says you have healthcare providers. You have to ask permission as healthcare providers to join in. What if you've set up, you say you have this short of a doctor, same way you have a short of, of hospitals and areas they claim. And so your way of solving that is to because you say they don't make enough money is to then lock out other competition from coming in. So that way there's, they don't flood the market. It, 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 it doesn't make sense when you put it through the doctor's way and it kind of really frames it up. And he's exactly right. It's what communist China, it's what Russia, it's what the Soviet union, it's exactly what they did. This belief that these bureaucrats, central bureaucrats somehow know what you and I need. What does the market need? Where should the resources go? The idea that they know what is best. That's the same thought process they have here. It's the same exact one. It's no different. It is no different than those communist countries. No different at all. But also, more importantly, it is the continuation of this type of monopoly that is causing our increase of prices. Not only is it basic economics of supply and demand, right? When somebody has a lockdown on the market, when you can only go to one vendor for one item in an area, especially, and for a necessity like healthcare, they get to set the prices. So not only does that increase the cost, but it also is this, this certificate of need problem is a big, big part of the reason why we in Kentucky are projected. We're projected by, let's see, what was it? We're projected by, we're 6,400 nurses short now, 6,200 nurses short now, and they think we'll be almost 20,000 nurses, registered nurses short in the next two years here in Kentucky. And the certificate of need is a big, big part of the reason why. And I'm going to go over how these two things connect and how this certificate of need isn't just causing us increased healthcare costs and in, in, in urban areas, because now we don't have as many choices, but also in rural areas as well. I'll have that after this short break. You're listening to The Andrew Kubrater Show, your source for Kentucky politics and news. We'll see you back here. Remember, you can always email info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, info at theandrewshow.com. We'll see you back here in just a few, few short minutes. And you are back with The Andrew Kubrater Show. 
final segment here. Happy, happy Friday. For the break, we're talking about certificate of need, going over that testimony, that dumbness from Representative Burke, Democrat. And uh, going over that, they, you know, they're pointing to these, this, the fact that if we take away this monopoly, that this government enforced monopoly in our healthcare system, that somehow rural areas and other areas will not be as well served because they can't afford to treat people under current Medicare, Medicaid payouts, and then private payers and self-payers, well, their increased costs, the ability to make profits off them, is how we offset that loss. And so if we allow competition, we allow somebody to come in, just only offer services to self-pay, only offer services to private pay, well, then, in that case, uh, these hospitals that rely on them to make a profit will no longer be able to rely on them, they'll shut down, then the Medicare and Medicaid people won't get treatment. But why is it they can't afford to treat these people? Why is it that these that Medicare Medicaid payouts isn't enough money? It's twenty to thirty percent short, according to the nurses and be, or nurses, according to the hospitals. And on top of that, we have you know these these uh, um, private pay and self pay. You know, private insured and people who pay for their own health care themselves out of pocket paying astronomical price. I mean, the cost of health care is extremely high. Why is that? And a big, big part of the reason why is because of the cost for staff, how much it costs to employ doctors and now especially nurses. I mean, it's not hard to imagine. As I mentioned before the break, we're 6,200 nurses short, according to some sources. They say we'll be 20,000 nurses short nurses short, sorry, in two years, we've got a major nursing shortage. But because of this, places are paying more. They're offering loan forgiveness. They're offering uh, um, higher and higher pay. I mean, to be a nurse right now, you know, back when I was growing up a few years ago, what have you, you know, you were a nurse, you made 50-ish, K-ish, 60K-ish a year initially. Now it's not abnormal at all for nurses leaving college, starting out fresh in the profession, to be making 80, 90K a year. It's not abnormal at all for them to be making that kind of money. Why? Because there's such a shortage. And so therefore there's such competition, right? When there's a competition for nurses and people need to attract more people in, they pay more. But why is there such a competition? Why is there a shortage if nursing is paying so high, especially now? Why do they think in two years we'd be $20,000 short? Or, or, or 2,000 nurses sh or 20,000 nurses short. Why in four years do they think it'll get bigger? Shouldn't there be more nurses joining the pipeline? Well, there's not. There's also another important stat that points to how certificate of needs shut this down because not only does only allowing one hospital system maybe in an area like Northern Kentucky, very populous area, has one hospital. Or one hospital system out in areas like Paducah or Bowling Green or only a few different, you know, three or so hospital systems in places like Louisville and Lexington, not only does that limit competition for healthcare, meaning our expense gets more because it can, because it's a monopoly and they don't have to compete on the marketplace, but that also means as an employer, you don't have anybody else to choose from. So if you're a nurse in the area, so if you're a nurse living, uh, let's say in Northern Kentucky, and you're working for St. East, and you don't like your job, or you get fired, or you think it's a bad work environment, so you quit. You can't go work for another hospital unless you move your entire life. 
So what do these nurses do? They work different jobs. This isn't just one kind of situation. This isn't an offshoot. I'm not making this up. Let's, let's look at some of the facts here. Okay. Um, looking at, uh, some, some data here from, let's see, journal of nursing of, of nursing regulations. Okay. Only 70% of those who are licensed to be a nurse. So this isn't just, they have a degree in nursing. They have the right training and qualifications to go get a license to be a nurse. These are people who are maintaining their licenses as in they could legally go work as a nurse in a hospital tomorrow, full time of all those who are licensed, only 70% are working full time. Fully 30% of our licensed nurses aren't even working full time. On top of that, nearly 18% of newly licensed registered nurses. So this is fresh out of college. They get their night license, but newly registered nurses quit the profession within the first year. This isn't just new nurses here. This is advanced nursing. And this is within the first year. You expand that out. You start getting into 30%. So you have, you have of all people who are of working age that have the necessary education to be a nurse, fully 30% of them aren't registered, have quit this, the, the profession completely. And then of that 70% who are capable of being licensed nurses that are licensed, only 30% of them, only 70% of them work full time. We have a vast amount of untapped nursing staff out there with degrees, with training, with the ability to get into the profession tomorrow that aren't. And why is that? Well, according to Nursing World, it says this. It says, like with more advanced nurses, common causes for leave include stressful working conditions, lack of leadership and supervision, and understaffed facilities. All of that has to do with employers. That's the reason why they're leaving. It's not money. It's not the pay, it's the working conditions. It's the people that they are working for that is pushing them out of the profession and they have nowhere else to go in Kentucky. I'd imagine Kentucky numbers are even higher. You have a nursing shortage causing extremely high healthcare costs because now you got to pay more for a nurse. So then that ramps up that cost. On top of that, you have a monopoly, so you don't have anywhere else to go, so they can ramp up the cost for that. But because they have a monopoly and there's nowhere else for these nurses to work, they just quit the profession completely. If they don't like the working environment at one hospital, they just quit running up that expense for everybody around Kentucky. This is part of the problem. But yet, these people on this committee, there's a few of them, believe that government central planning, that government knows best, a central committee knows what is what is the best thing for all of Kentucky. They just claim to know. Real quick, this is this is just something I wanted to mention. It's kind of interesting. I was clicking around on the Courier Journal, reading some different articles, and I came across, you know, they hyperlink within articles back to other articles, and they hyperlink to the most ridiculous opinion piece by, by Willie Carver, which is, you know, that, uh, that, that big gay Willie, right? That guy that I was talking about. I, I'm sorry, Lisa, this article is so stupid, okay? 
uh, this is what it says. It says Christian Academy of Louisville homework shows indoctrination happening in private schools. And the homework he points to in this uh, claim is um, he points to a, a, a homework that this Christian school gave to their students uh, to write a, a, a letter, write a letter to your homosexual friend explaining why it's wrong. So imagine a gay friend, explain why it's wrong. They want uh, the exact uh, directions was given eight short sentences. They're asked to use logic and scripture to show from that homosexuality will not bring them satisfaction. Don't improve of their lifestyle and make sure that they know they're loved and you love them, but you just don't necessarily accept their sin. And big gay Willie's got a big problem with this. Willie Carver's got a big problem with this. He says that that's indoctrination and we need to be watching these private schools for indoctrinating. Willie, that's the point. I'm sorry, but that's the point. This is a private Christian school. The point is for them to be indoctrinated in Christian religion. We, as, as, as individuals, aren't saying we have a problem with kids being indoctrinated. Kids have to be indoctrinated one way or another. That's how, that's what, if they're not being indoctrinated in one viewpoint, they're getting indoctrinated into another. That's the first thing. Second thing is, is yeah, it's the school's job slightly to indoctrinate people, especially a Christian private school. They're being paid to indoctrinate these kids into Christian beliefs. That's why they're being paid by their parents, to reinforce the teachings their parents are giving them. That's the entire point. But see, Big Gay Willie misses the, the entire problem here. You know, while I think indoctrinating kids with this leftist called agenda is bad for them and is bad mind virus, it's bad for the future. And in some situations when you're shoving socks down little kids' pants as a, a treatment, yeah, it might be, sexually abusive. But our main issue with the public school indoctrination is that they're taking our tax dollars and spending it. That's the issue. That's why we get an opinion. This is just such a stupid article. Christian school indoctrinating kids into Christian beliefs. Yeah, Willie, that's the point. And here's our point. They're not forcing you to pay for it. It's being paid for out of the parent's pocket. Dummies, man. Leftists. They're so stupid. Anyways, that's what we have for you today on the Andrew Cooperator Show. Thank you all so, so much for joining me. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you Monday uh, back here at uh, 9 a.m. WZXI, 1 o'clock everywhere else. Have a great rest of your day.